instantly I could see there was a problem. I went straight to his aid. I made sure that he was totally comfortable with not coming back to work until he was absolutely ready. He's probably become a stronger person. I'd say he's come back as a better employee, better person. Sometimes until you talk about these situations, you forget that if you do introduce some compassion, how it really can pay off in the long run. Yeah, definitely, compassion is essential. Hello, I'm Robert Tame and welcome to Working for Compassion. This podcast explores how using compassion and emotional intelligence can improve people's work lives and create competitive advantage for your business. I'll be asking my guests how we can make the world of work a kinder, more engaging and productive place to be. Tune in to learn compassion tips for yourself and your teams before your people start dropping out. My guest today is Marcel Binley. Marcel is the managing director of a family business with multiple activities, including a fast-growing coffee roasting business. In the podcast, we discuss powerful compassion stories that have resulted in increased loyalty and productivity amongst his team. The challenges of managing a family business when other family members have opposite management styles. Marcel talks about his adventures in Brazil with the coffee cartels and how he's trying to improve the coffee farmers' lives by buying organic beans and paying them a higher price. We discuss how being shouted at by a CrossFit trainer is improving his mental health and why Marcel's work-life balance is the best it's ever been. Enjoy this episode finale for Series 1 of the Working for Compassion podcast. I'm here with Marcel Binley. Welcome, Marcel. Hi, Robert. We've known each other a while. I'm here at Marcel's little empire, which is really impressive. Marcel's got several companies, a trailer manufacturing business, coffee roasting and machine business, and also really interesting commercial property portfolio with some really great clients that you've got here. It's really looking good, Marcel. Congratulations on what you've done here. Thanks a lot, Robert. Yeah, it's amazing. The kind coming from you. (laughs) (laughs) To kick off, what are you working on at the moment? The most important new thing that we are currently working on is the whole sustainability of coffee. Obviously, you mentioned earlier that we're a coffee roasters, and this is possibly the part of my business that I'm most passionate about. So we're looking to make sure that the general public are getting organic coffee, that's good for them, no toxins in the coffee, which is very common in non-organic coffee. So yeah, basically we're growing the roastery in size. That also involves the purchasing of the coffee directly from the farmers, and that's a a big job all in itself. So yeah, most exciting to me is the growth of our coffee roasting Mm. business, basically, and how we're going about that over the next 12, 24 months. Great. Let's come back to that. But... Of course, this is a podcast about compassion and how we can bring that to the work. So I wanted to really get into that. Yeah, sure. How's the quality of your work life at the moment, Marcel? At the moment, I can honestly say it's the best it's ever been for a long, long time. And I think that the main reason for the quality of my work life 
currently is I've, I've just turned 50. <laughs> so you get, as you mentioned um, off air earlier, you get a bit wiser. And having gone through the last 18 months of all the COVID lockdowns, I've just had a, a two-week vacation. It's the first vacation I've had without my children because <laughs> they're adults now. And that was fantastic. And I've, I've got such a great team of people in the workplace now that's taken a long, long time to, to get this team that when I come back to work, I'm all smiles. You know, I'm, I'm grinning from ear to ear because I know each one of them personally and they're just great great people so that means to me a massive amount you know being coming into work and feeling happy when you come into work is what I would say is a good work-life balance and then being able to leave the workplace randomly you know maybe to go get some exercise go to the gym go and spend a day with my wife you know go and take a lunch with an old friend I have the ability to do that now because of the team of people so yeah that sounds a really really good position to be in coming on to compassion what's your understanding of the word compassion okay i would describe the word compassion as a display of maybe affection emotion towards another human being in a good way so let's say for example i would say somebody's just received some bad news and then if I first on the scene of that bad news or I'm in the front line of receipt of, of that being with that person then to show compassion would be for me to be showing emotion true emotion friendship and kindness that's how I would sum up compassion and talking about compassion in the workplace do you see that it's a relevant thing to have in the workplace or? I think of course it's a real kind of massive question that if I'm honest with you I I think it's yes absolutely compassion is extremely important for it to be within our daily work lives I don't know whether you could be over passion you know compassionate with with staff or under I I, I really that's obviously uh, yes I think it's important definitely so if there is compassion in the workplace then I assume that everything's going to be better than a workplace with no compassion you know kind of would remind me of old olden time you know rewind the clock by you know 40 30 40 50 years I would imagine the workplace had very little compassion but yeah I uh, yeah definitely compassion is essential for some companies they may not see that point of view what do you think may hold those companies back from bringing compassion into their workplace i think it's the people the managers the 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 leaders there's probably two different kinds of people i'm sure there is an expert say no there's way more than two different kinds of people but in my book you've you've either got somebody that's going to try get the best out of people in terms of telling them where they're going wrong and they must do it this way and this is how you do it i'll show you and there's that so there's that kind of leader then the other kind of leader is the person that's going to help nurture and be compassionate to that person so I think depending on the kind of person that you've got either a as the leader or manager of several people that's going to be where they're going to struggle to get compassion in the workplace all down to that person that's in control I think yeah I think that's interesting just thinking about yourself being on the receiving end of compassion trying to build stories on this podcast from the world of work is there any stories where 
maybe you've received some compassion at work and if so what kind of impact did that have on you i i can honestly say that i've i've not ever really received compassion in in the workplace i've i'd like to say that i've i've given lots of compassion but being the md and the leader of the business it's very difficult for me to remember any times where i've received compassion i mean my business is a family business you know so my father is the majority shareholder my sister has equal shares here in the business so kind of muddies the water a little bit because I've got family within my office and I'm sure this is the same for many businesses out there and that's probably another another separate conversation so I don't want to go off piste of what you're asking me I, I can't think of anything off the top of my head I'm afraid okay. Robert where I've actually received compassion I know that my staff are like I said earlier I've got a great team of people and if I ever needed to lean on them for some compassion I'm sure it would be there. But no, I can't think of a, a specific example, I'm afraid. Okay. Talking about you as the leader in the business, have you got any instances to mind where maybe you've witnessed some suffering in your business? And what maybe happened, is if there's an instance you can tell me about and yeah, how you maybe sure. approach that? Yeah, absolutely. So very recently, I've got a a key member of staff, as all the staff are are all very key here, and his wife sadly miscarried. And he got the news whilst he was at work, got got the phone call from his wife. And uh, yeah, instantly I could see there was a problem from the phone call. So yeah, I went straight to his aid and asked what the problem was. He felt comfortable enough to confide in me and just said to him, don't worry about work go and look after your wife take as much time as you need and then he tried to come back to work to try and give himself some normality but I could still see that he was far from ready to come back to work you know that kind of bad news little reminders will crop up in all sorts of conversations there's other staff members in the business that are pregnant and they're bringing out scan photographs and this can be very hard for somebody that's just had that bad news so yeah I made sure that he was totally comfortable with not coming back to work until he was absolutely ready and what I've noticed since he has been back to work now only for a few days maybe just over a week is that he's probably become a stronger person and he seems to have a much more positive attitude to work seems to be I'd say he's come back as a better employee better person wow well that's really admirable what you did as well and yeah i'm sure he's really benefiting from that so that's that's a great example so we were talking just pre the interview about people maybe bringing their whole selves to work we've seen with zoom into people's homes got to know them almost a, a bit better would you say there are instances at work where maybe people are less kind and giving than maybe they are outside of work yeah yeah, definitely. I, as I mentioned earlier, I've got a, I've got several family members in my business, and yeah, it's difficult. They're very old school, and they're very different to me, completely different to me. So it makes it very, very hard to, yeah, to manage some uh, somebody within the family that is very strict and demanding on staff, and then for me to be totally the opposite to that it's really tricky but also I think with not necessarily people that work for me but companies that 
supply us and I've been zooming with them and we we were fortunate that we could run our business during lockdown without having to work from we couldn't work from home the main part of the business that kept going was the coffee machines and the coffee supply through e-commerce so we were allowed to open because we were an internet based business or that part of the business was the suppliers that I've been talking to on Zoom they've become extremely different you know I've, I've viewed them as not just this person that I'm trying to get the best deal out of I've now seen them as someone that's actually sitting there in casual clothing rather than smart clothing as you'd normally see them and in a in a house with their families around them sometimes in like you said in the in the back of screenshots sometimes you'll see a family member or a pet and mm. yeah they, it makes them suddenly in my mind change they become more more like me potentially okay <laughs> if that makes sense would you say it's almost broken some barriers down that were there beforehand yeah. you, you, you yeah. almost felt kind of social almost yeah. with them it, has it made you a bit close a bit more sociable brought you together a bit it more? makes me it's it, I think definitely the whole seeing people on the other end of a Zoom conversation as more of as them in their home life rather than that that figure at work, it's lifted several barriers potentially so that when you're negotiating or doing business or buying, placing orders now, it's it's more it's more fun. You know, it's okay. it's, it's less well, there's that figure, that person. I know if I if I sweet talk them this way or I treat them that way you know, or come on strong with figures and quantities and then they're going to buckle. It's No, it's it's definitely changed. You see, I want to deal with these people now more with compassion. Oh, wow. <laughs> so that, it's almost like the mask, people talk about this mask, people wear different masks in different situations, almost like the mask is coming off, that people are more... Definitely, yeah. ...more their true selves. Would definitely. you say that? I would say, I would agree with that, yeah, definitely. And I think that that needs to be encouraged massively. One of the pieces of research I've read that contributes to a more motivated workforce is when people have more interest in their colleagues and they feel that they're coming to work and working with people that they know better. In your business, do you think, do people know each other well? Are they quite friendly within the business and maybe outside of the business as well? That's a, that's a really interesting subject that is because over the past years I've always tried to create a social out of work social for the for the staff members in terms of trying to let's say go to the dog racing one evening not Christmas party I'm not a fan of Christmas parties I think they're a bit out of date now but yeah just to go out on social events and to try and get everybody to commit is impossible so I've tried and I've pretty much given up which is sad and I've seen and we only have we're not a big company by any stretch of the imagination just short of 25 people within the business but I've noticed that you have pockets of group friendships within the business and maybe two or three of those staff members will will clump together and they may go for a, a drink after work together and not want to involve the rest of the staff. So, yeah, I, I do see that as a bit of an issue. I'd like, I'd much prefer it to be that everybody, every, we all need to be pushing in the same direction work-wise, but also I think friendship-wise and having that colleague relationship, we all need to be involved together. So, yeah, I think that's something I really need to work on. 
just a couple more questions around the, the, the compassion topic, and then I want to talk about the coffee business a bit more because I think that's definitely would be interesting to, to our listeners. Are there any other stories that spring to mind of when you needed to act compassionately in the business? I think another good example is a guy that I had working for me probably about three years ago now was a good key member of of staff and I kind of noticed a little bit of a change in his attitude and his focus and I found out that he had he, got an itch basically to travel. He wanted to go move to New Zealand and I kind of, I was compassionate. I was, okay, that's, that's not, you know, I'm not going to throw my tools out the pr- my toys out the pram here and say right off you go we talked it through and I became very compassionate with him in terms of okay no problem if you want to if you want to carry on working with me for three months six months and you want to plan to move abroad I'll help you I'll support you which he did he then moved to New Zealand 12 months later realized it wasn't for him moved back to the UK and got a a job for another coffee company in Cornwall on the south coast and been working there and then Covid's come along and he's learnt and realised that family and friendship is probably the most important thing to him and he wants to move back up to Northamptonshire where we're based and because there was that compassion there he felt like he could come and talk to me and now I've offered him his job back and he's going to come back now Starting with us in October, he's got loads more experience. He's scratched that itch, not going to want to disappear on me after investing, you know, into him. So I think that's a good example, you know, potentially of rather than than focusing on people that are suffering, compassion. That's a brilliant example, and it's a win-win, isn't it? Because you're going to get somebody that you know with, as you say, more life experience. Mm Mm-hmm somebody that's going to be really good for the business and then he felt that you trusted it you know you know yeah. you, you put that trust in him you didn't say well I hear, I hear you're going to leave out you go yeah. Yeah. you sounded almost like a father figure to him yeah. gave him that kind of advice and that's all now being paid back yeah in a way that, that's a beautiful story I really like that story yeah 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 no it is it's good sometimes until you talk about these situations like we are doing now in this podcast you forget that how if you do introduce some compassion how it really can pay off in the long run you forget these things that's interesting you say that because what a lot of companies are talking about in america is that compassion isn't just like a soft sort of vanity thing to do it's actually good for the bottom line this is actually good for productivity morale etc i mean would you agree with that? Can you see how that could work? Definitely, yeah. I, I 100% agree. I think my only concern is that obviously we're all here to get a job done. And I, I don't know how, where you draw the line. You know, I don't, and, and that's where I'd, I'd love to get some, you know, someone like, like yourself who's got lots more knowledge. And, you know, over, over time in the near future, if there's methods and ways of knowing how much compassion is good and too much is maybe a little bit less productive i don't know but i would agree and say that compassion is most probably very good and and very productive within within the workplace yeah well there's more and more evidence coming out of that so be able to share that with you and i'll be hopefully finding through this podcast and through the research i'm doing for my website just finding stories i understand and i've run a business myself we also have to make profit but we also there's many other things we have to take care of as well so be interesting to know 
your business has grown quite a lot recently and diversified. What's the hardest part of running your business, Marcel? Without a shadow of a doubt, for me, it's keeping the staff in a good place with, unfortunately, family members. I mean, hopefully, I'm sure they probably won't listen to this podcast, but I have... I have a sister and I had a father in within this business that are very old school and they do upset staff quite frequently. So that's that's the hardest part for me is kind of find myself quite a lot going around putting fires out that have unnecessarily been started through bad management. Interesting. How do you try and manage that? with those two members of your family? Well, it's getting better. We've been a lot more honest and frank and open with each other in meetings, just with the three of us, basically. Sometimes you just end up having to put everything out there and say it as it is. And I think that has definitely helped. I mean, this is only really... I'm, I'm only talking over the last few months that this, you know, come to a head for me, especially for me at this stage in my life, thinking... If I'm going to go forward, if I'm going to grow this business, if I'm going to take it to the next level, then there needs to be just one, ultimately one person that's in, in charge. We can't have two or three of us in charge with very different leadership styles. So, yeah, I'm pretty confident that we're getting through that. It's not something that can happen at the flick of a switch. I mean, my sister, she's... She's about to become, hopefully, in the next six months, she's about to become a, a grandmother. And so she's going to be more focused on that. And she wants to take a lot more time out of the business. So that's going to naturally make it a lot better for me to be able to manage the well-being of the staff. But yeah, that's basically, that's my hardest part of the business. So it's a human thing and it's it's interesting dynamics. And, and obviously that family's thicker than water, etc. So... Yeah, well, that's a fascinating thing, and it's really encouraging to hear your honesty and you know your working together. Because ultimately, I guess you all want the same thing, yes. but it's just navigating through that and finding the best solution yeah. for all of you, which yeah. is not easy. So, good luck with that. So, you touched on the coffee business. I'd really like to explore that a little bit more because this is something new that that you've really grown since we last did business together. And yeah, t- tell me about that because I know that what you're really concerned with is not only getting to know and looking after the growers where you're sourcing your beans from, but also the organic side of the coffee business is something you're very passionate on and and trying to grow and develop. Maybe just tell us, first of all, how you got into the roastery business and that journey. Sure, yeah. I'll try and keep it short but interesting. So we've been selling coffee machines, high-end coffee machines for domestic use for quite some time. And we built a a really strong database of people that had all bought expensive coffee machines for for use at home. And then we suddenly just realised, we thought, okay, we realised that we've got 30 plus thousand people on our database that have all got nice coffee machines at home and and we're letting them go elsewhere to buy coffee. So why not roast some high-end coffee. So this was about six years ago. Took somebody on that worked for a very well-known roasters in London. He lived locally. We built, bought a roaster from Israel and got that delivered, built a small little roastery and off we went. And uh, yeah, I've almost getting into this new, almost like a completely new job for me and something that I've, I've 
became very quickly very passionate about not just because I love drinking coffee but you know learning about coffee it's just I mean forget a wine sommelier to become a an SCA AST I mean that that stands for speciality coffee association and then you become an administrative trainer for all these courses within the SCA it's it's mind-blowing a wine sommelier just has to take a cork out whereas with coffee it's the, the process of getting it into the cup is huge so yeah it's, it's been fantastic learning everything there is but yeah most the most significant thing with our coffee roasting that's happened recently after my trip to Brazil in 2019 I was uh, really fortunate to spend a week out there just one-on-one with an organic farm owner who I met in the UK just purely by chance on a driving experience day he we got talking at lunchtime both realized we're in the coffee business so started buying some coffee from excellent coffee organic so I then went out to his farm and wanted to learn a lot more about it and try and buy directly from him and it's all about relationships when you're buying green coffee you need to have a relationship with the farmer because it's 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 vital really you need to know their processing you need to be able to trust them so it's always good to have that one-to-one relationship directly with the farmer so spent a week there he took me in his pickup truck around lots of different farms in his region we traveled for hours up dirt tracks off-road to go and meet or lots of different types of coffee farms in his area which was such a great experience but I never forget driving through one town which was very cartel occupied and he pointed out some offices where the roller shutter was half open and you could just see under the roller shutter if you squatted down low enough and in there is obviously the the cartel guys classic smoking on big cigars and that's where the a lot of the coffee business is done through these guys they're shifting the coffee but also I learned that the farmers themselves were forced to spray toxins on their farms to stop weeds growing around the coffee which then encourages the infestation which ruins the yield so they'd spray glyphosate which is basically roundup to you and me um, which you buy in the garden center to kill weeds so they'd spray this toxin around their the the rows of coffee trees that goes through the soil into the roots of the coffee tree and ends up in the coffee beans so and if they didn't use this then they would kidnap their children so i met coffee farmers face to face look them in the eye who have actually had their children kidnapped because they didn't want to spray these toxins so i was absolutely horrified and this is 2019 we're talking about so yeah that flight home the long flight home from brazil gave me plenty of time to consider what's going on in this industry and how bad it is and i'm just a minnow i'm just a speck of dust on the table here of this massive massive industry but what can i do well i just you just have to start somewhere don't you so we decided to go fully organic which we have done now and we have direct trade relationships in Colombia and obviously Brazil we also will even though they're trustworthy the sources I'm buying will test the coffee in labs in in Germany for glyphosate to make sure there's no trace and I will pay when I'm buying directly with off the farmer I will pay him what I would normally pay the middleman so he's getting a much bigger chunk of money for his coffee because he's dealing direct with me he can then reinvest that in and his processing methods so it makes it sustainable 
What's the supply like of organic coffee at the moment? Is it quite niche? It is very, very niche. It's very difficult because at the end of the day, the cartels, they just want volume. And the only way you can produce volume to satisfy the global demand for coffee is to do modern day mechanicalized farming using pesticides, using toxins. And then to, to move away from that, you obviously, ultimately you get less yield, you know, growing organic coffee although it's much better for us and high in antioxidants it's it's more sustainable you just that they per hectare they're going to probably have 30 percent less coffee by going organic so it's becoming very difficult to source organic coffee and it's it's ultimately going to go up in price or it is going up in price as we speak but let's hope that they can get the farmers in Brazil and Colombia to convert from non-organic to organic, which is hopefully what's going to be happening in the future. But it's very difficult for them because they've got to go for at least three years without growing anything on their land. So no income for three years. How, you know, how are they going to do that? So that's a big factor. What do you believe will be the, the switch that turns more coffee producers that they would be brave enough to to do this how can this change it be affected i think if people are prepared to pay correctly for their cup of coffee that's ultimately going to feed back down the chain so that if coffee roasters like myself can deal directly and pay the fair amount of money so that these guys are not under pressure to grow huge yields of coffee it doesn't matter if they grow 30% less coffee because they're getting paid correctly for it. So we need awareness. We need the end consumer to be aware of the situation. And if they want to be drinking coffee in 20 years from now, we're going to have to do something about it as soon as possible. So we basically can't be drinking cheap coffee and fueling that, that whole sort of cartel style coffee industry anymore i think if we all start to use i mean australia is a fantastic example there's not one chain of coffee shops in the whole of australia every coffee shop is independent and starbucks tried it they tried to open i think they got up to store number three in australia and then they were just boycotted you know the australians are so into the coffee Mm. they understand it they get it so they go to an independent pay 50 cents or a dollar more for their coffee because they know that it's good coffee they know it's sustainable speciality and hopefully you know more and more organic coffees coming through in to these independents so that's 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 the project that's the goal so the independents are really important in this i think is what i'm hearing and uh, yep. and it, it sounds like education for the consumer as well to understand more about this cartel business and the pesticides and chemicals that yeah are well they're ultimately ingesting uh, yeah. that's going into their systems and, and the yep. ramifications of that Yes. So education sounds like really important as well. Yeah, massively. Yeah. Well, that's fascinating. I'm just going to do the last few questions as as wrap up. And it's a bit about you, really. When you get pressurised, you're running a, a growing business here, and that ultimately has its challenges. And and within working with your family as well, H- how do you look after yourself, Marcel? Well, recently we had a new tenant came into one of our commercial properties within our site where we work where we all work that's a crossfit gym and i think it's a a kind of a new wave of well it is a new wave of american style 
army fitness crossfit is so i joined that that club and i've never looked back really it's fantastic i've slowly built my fitness up and in fact this week where we're sitting here talking now is potentially going to be my first week where i've worked out every day of the working week five days started off doing two days a week then three days a week and now five days a week and it's an hour of high intense working out i don't have to think about what i've got to do though i turn up there's a class of anything between five and 15 people in the class together you've got a coach there telling you what you've all got to do shouting at you cursing at you and it's great i basically turn up switch off for an hour and i'm beasted and i feel like that's that's really helped with me mentally physic not just physically but mentally you know to have that hour where i switch off and and someone else is is telling me what i've got to do for an hour so yeah that's how i look after myself i feel like it's probably a bit of a equal in the the balance of of scales you know i I love my food i enjoy a, a, a drink as well at the weekends so i feel that by doing that i'm kind of equal in the (laughs) <laughs> the uh, the scales of well-being maybe oh, there's some know. equilibrium there yeah yeah within the company is there anything that you encourage amongst your team amongst your staff in terms of well-being activities is there, is there anything you've thought about there well it's, yeah it's a good question i initially when the the crossfit gym came i wanted to try and get a corporate membership there so that the the rest of the staff felt like they could use it but it's not for everybody, you know. So, no, is the simple answer. I, I think there is a need for it. I think there is definitely something that we could all, or any member of staff within the business, could have some kind of engagement, some kind of release. I don't know what it may be that, that helps with well-being. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really important. I mean, some some of the staff, you know, they've, they've got a lot of stress and problems at home, you know. And if we can make this workplace, when they come into work, actually a a, a nice place to be and a a good energy and good social feeling and well-being then you know it's it's gonna make people a lot happier so yeah if there's something we could do that encourages that well-being i'd be i'd be really interested and just thinking about other people in business is there any leaders that that you've noticed seem to think is leading with compassion or somebody that you think i could learn a bit more from that person Recently, we did a bit of sponsorship with a local guy who has set up a a foundation, a charitable foundation called Jack Flipney Foundation, and he did a a world record attempt of chin-ups. He tried to, unfortunately, wasn't successful, but he he managed to get to about 4,000 chin-ups within 24 hours. What is a chin-up? A chin-up is basically a bar that's about eight foot high, so you grab hold of the bar with both hands and then you pull your whole body up so that your chin is then above the bar. So he tried to break the world record, which I think currently sits at about 5,000 chin-ups in 24 hours. So we were sponsoring as the coffee side of it and also Gymshark were one of the, well, they were the head sponsor of the event. So I started doing a bit of research with Gymshark. This is a, they're a brand of clothing that lots of people go to gyms, fitness free, wear Gymshark clothing. And this is quite a young guy that's built this business. You know, he was stacking supermarket shelves and now he's he's got a multi-billion 
pound business selling gym clothing called Gymshark. When you read up about him, it's so clever. What I've seen that he's realised very early on in his business is that he's not good at everything in his business. There's certain things that he's good at and lots of things he's not good at. And he's brought in people in his business. He's created an amazing work environment in Birmingham, they're based. Great offices, very relaxed atmosphere gym obviously on site for all the staff to use freely whenever they want to and they've grown the business whilst he's basically stood on the sidelines these people that he's engaged and I think you know hats off to him Mm. he's pretty inspirational I'll look into him I've not heard of him that's that's definitely inspirational so final question for you if there was a single thing that could be done to create more compassion what would be that thing to create more compassion at work and a better working world for everybody else what would be that thing i think it needs to be some open and honest meetings with all everybody i think if there was more honesty and openness within our workplace then we could then start to work on the compassion, potentially. Interesting. How would you encourage that honesty? Because you've mentioned this a few times today in this interview, and I would agree with you, you know, rather than this acting and wearing masks, Mm. you know, being honest with each other, taking our ego out of it, how could you, is there any ideas you have that would encourage that? I think potentially, as long as you are not approaching the honesty from a financial or business or a performance way, I think if we could potentially just be totally off the record, totally relaxed, and it's a friendly, friendly, honesty discussion, you know, maybe it could be turned into some kind of game i don't know yeah maybe there's there's a way of turning you know like speed dating into speed honesty within the company i don't know how would be best to approach it but yeah that's potentially the way i'd try and tackle it interesting well it's been a fascinating conversation marcel i really do appreciate your time and uh, yeah really impressed with your business and really interested in the organic side and that story and, and be interested to follow how you how you get on with that because I think it's a it's a really important thing and education of people and getting the awareness out there so good luck with that likewise Robert it's been great sitting here and talking to you thank you this podcast also has a website the address is www.workingforcompassion.com and that's the number four not the letter four on the website there's more information about how compassion mindfulness and emotional intelligence is influencing the world of work you'll also find my story detailing my journey to date and what has motivated me to start this podcast and website you can also sign up to my newsletter and that will update you when I release new podcast be great if you could do that so why not take a look at www.workingforcompassion.com and yet that's the number four not the letter four i'm going to be releasing lots of new episodes with more great guests over the next few weeks so please sign up to the newsletter and until next time go well